crime in me. I've diagnosed some people. I think it's been pretty accurate. Definitely done my fair share of psychiatry work. <laughs> I've prescribed a few pills, you know. Crime in me. Welcome to another episode of Criminy. We're your hosts, Matt and Ange, and we're going to tell you some stories today. <laughs> yeah, let's let's tell you guys some fucked up shit to uh, lighten your day. Yeah, I don't brighten your day, lighten and brighten. I don't know how your guys's weeks and months and quarantine have been going, but some of us need a little break. <laughs> I say, why quarantine when you can quarantine? Make yourself a drink. Okay, let's not encourage <laughs> drinking. <laughs> well, I said that's what I say. Look, here's what I say. Why quarantine when you can quarantine and get Team. through this together? Cute. Thanks. I just came up with that. <laughs> Speaking of quarantining and being in this together... Let's give a shout out to our our sponsor, Humblebee Herbal, who is working on a zero-waste... Environmentally friendly bath and body care business. They really care about the earth and us as a community being able to live on this earth for Look, a long, everyone, long time. I was looking to buy dish soap the other day and the second ingredient on all the dish soaps was SLS, which we all know can damage your skin and can damage aquatic life. So let's stop putting chemicals and gross shit into our, into our water sources and, and on our bodies and into the earth. Let's support small businesses that are actually doing some good. So check out Humblebee Herbal. They don't have dish soap but they do have body soap and it's good yep it'll make you feel all moisturized and good so check out humblebee herbal support zero waste companies support local support small businesses support chemical free let's stop buying from disgusting places like amazon where they're just giving you pieces of shit products and making billions of dollars off the backs of americans that are starving so uh Let's support local. Let's support sustainable. Let's support zero waste. That's humblebeeherbal.com. Check them out. Use code CRIMINY20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. That's humblebeeherbal.com. Check them out. All right. I think you go first today. Yeah. So this is the story of Donald Harvey. My source is... I only have one source today, and that's the killer across the table... Colon, unlocking the secrets of serial killers and predators with the FBI's original Mind Hunter by John Douglas and Mark Olshaker. That sounds interesting. Is that one of your okay. library books? It's one of my library books. It was <laughs> so good. I am considering even buying it because I love when people go into like the psychological reasons why people do things or their backgrounds or whatever. Fascinating. And it's yeah. super fascinating. It's very well written. This story comes directly from a large part of that book. So uh-huh. just saying, if you're going to read the book, uh, just know that you're probably going to read this story again. But the way they do it is a lot more into the like psychology of it all. So mm. definitely go buy this book. It's fucking amazing. Okay. Well, I'm so, not going to because you're going to tell me all the stories from it. <laughs> <laughs> I am going to tell you all <laughs> Sorry, Mom, if you read my library book, you're going to rehear all these stories, but I don't think you mind. So I don't think she read it. I think I turned it in for you before. 
Oh, I guess she just has to get her own library card. I did apply for a library card. You did? I did. You, did you go in person? No, I just did the online thing. Okay, in person is so easy. You just go and give them your ID and wait for like five minutes and talk to the security dude and he's super friendly and then they come out with your card. Yeah, but I wasn't trying to get any physical books. I was trying to do audio books, so it doesn't really matter if it's physical to me. I mean, it's a card. It's it, a physical card, and you get the little <laughs> baby card that you put on your keychain. I know so you, you think always it's have cool. It. <laughs> it's super cool. <laughs> it's like an exclusive club. Mm-hmm. Book club. I'll be like, oh, if you're looking for me, I'll be at my club, <laughs> aka the library. <laughs> that I can't go inside right now because of. Okay, not right now, but, but later. <laughs> Later. <laughs> Don't crush my dreams. Okay. Okay, so Donald Harvey was born April 15th, 1952. Originally, when we started this podcast, I wanted to like, because I'm I'm like not super into it, but I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into like horoscopes, you know, because they're just interesting. It's and you're kind of like, you kind of like guess what a person is. And then mm. sometimes you're right. And you're like, I knew it. They're such like a whatever. And then sometimes you're way <laughs> off and you're like, well, it's like based on other stuff too. So it's not just their size. <laughs> but anyway, Harvey was, or Donald Harvey was an Aries in case you're interested. Hmm. Weren't you talking about Aries last week? People born in March? Yeah. Well, mm, half of March okay. are Aries. Oh, right. But that was just because of mom's grandfather who said people born in March are crazy. All oh, right, right. Sorry. No offense. But so he was born in Butler County, Ohio to Ray and Goldie Harvey. Oh, he was Goldie. That is another, another name. Goldie. Name these come know. back. Goldie. He was the first of three children. Shortly after he was born, the family moved to Boonville, Kentucky. Boonville. Boonville. When I first read Boonville, I got all excited because there's a Boonville, California, but it's never. Whenever I see a name of like a place, I'm always like, oh, I recognize oh. it. Oh. <laughs> Boonville, But then Kentucky. also it's kind of like, oh, good. They're not anywhere near us. Thank God. I just imagine like a lot of. A lot of trucker hats and dirty jeans and uh, straw in your mouth. Boonville. I don't know why. That's just what it, the picture that comes to mind when I think Boonville. Uh, no offense, Boonvillers. <laughs> no offense. Boonville is a remote rural community. Mm, Maybe mm-hmm. that's why. Fitting. Okay. Uh-huh. And Donald's parents were tobacco farmers. And Donald was a duck. And Donald was a duck. There were... Okay, so his parents were religious and attended the Baptist church in town. Mm-hmm. When he was six months old, his father fell asleep while holding him, and he dropped Donald. Well, but they... I mean, there was like... He was like, fine, you know. Babies are meant to be dropped. I mean, you know, they're like built to last. Babies are meant to be dropped. <laughs> Have you dropped Look, your baby today? They're built to be hardy. I mean, who wasn't dropped as a baby, you know? I mean, their bones are basically made out of rubber. Right? Yeah. Drop away. No. <laughs> oh, no. Don't drop your baby. That's bad. But, like, if it slips. But if you do on accident, it's like, okay. they're going to be okay. Look at Angela. I dropped her a million times, and she's great. Kind I of. took a tumble down the stairs, and I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge uh, any kind of responsibility for that. Your participation in that. Uh-huh. Okay. So, when he was five, he fell off of the running board of a truck, and he mm-hmm. hit his head. That time, he got a five-inch cut to the back of his head. And I just want to say, like, we've been talking about, uh, you know, the whole serial killer, like, oh, they all had, like, serious head injuries as a child. But it's like, who didn't? Uh, who didn't have serious head injuries? I remember, like, being in elementary school, and we were all sharing our stories about the time that they, like, 
kids in my class like split their heads open. What? You know? The fuck? I don't remember yeah, like, that conversation in class. Uh, <laughs> in a weird class. I just feel like everyone's like, you know, got seriously hurt as a child. Yeah, I don't ever remember that. That's probably because you got hurt so many times. You don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Extreme brain damage. What? You were getting like beat up all the time, like falling off your bike and skateboards and rollerblades. I never hit my head though. I just, I had a lot of skinned knees, a lot of skinned elbows, but never hit my head. I'm sure you've hit your head. I mean, you shocked yourself enough times that maybe that (laughs) caused the damage. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just like to think it was part of my electroshock therapy. I just electrocuted myself uh, enough that I'm totally normal and totally sane and happy. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I guess it didn't work. Okay, by all accounts, Donald was a good boy. He never gave anyone any trouble. Mm -hmm. There are reports, though, that said that he and his parents had a tense relationship that was sometimes abusive. Hmm. But Goldie said that he was raised in a loving home. So it's kind of so like, like, you know. Normal, normal Christian abuse? Yeah. You're like basic Christian abuse. Well, like everyone in town's getting paddled. So it's Where they're normal. like, I beat my child, but that's because he's misbehaving and, and then I still love him. So I don't understand what's wrong with that. And like everyone in town is doing it and the Lord says it's okay. The Lord beat the shit out of like everyone in that book. That book <laughs> called the Bible. Yeah, in no the, uh, in the, the old way. book, he's beating the shit out of everyone. He's like murdering everyone. Yep. But it's okay. God gets to choose who lives and who dies. That he does. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we don't have to get into it. It's a poorly written book and it's old as shit. We shouldn't be reading it still. So Yeah, it's pretty disgusting. From, from the eight, And it's just not even well written. It's not well written. It's not well researched. It's just it's very, like... It's, Poorly researched. It's a fairy tale that a bunch of like old white men wrote down and they were like, this is the law. God told me. And it's First like, of all, bitch. they weren't white. They're like people living in the Middle East. Well, there was a combination. I don't know. I don't I'm just, it. you know, there is no white Jesus. I'm going to say it now. Oh, but what about the white Jesus that's on the cross in the church? What about white Jesus who was born and raised in like Jerusalem and shit. Like, um, no. I'm pretty sure that if so. you are doing the correct religion and you're a Mormon, Jesus was a white American man who, <laughs> uh, you know. Yeah, because there were white Americans back in that day. It wasn't like yeah. indigenous Americans. It was just like white no, dudes here. all white dudes. Okay, the Book of Mormon <laughs> may be even more poorly researched than the Bible. Uh, yeah. And that, okay. I mean, and that, that uh, I don't know, there's no excuse for that because that was one dude writing shit, not a bunch of people writing shit trying to make it all one book. That's right. Anyway, okay, back we to think Donald. religion is stupid. Okay. Back to Donald. Back to Donald. From the age of four on, he was sexually abused by his mother's half-brother. Oh, okay. So when you said he had a normal, loving upbringing, that was part of it? Yeah, that was part of the okay. normal home. Okay. And when he was around five, an older neighbor began sexually abusing him too. What the fuck? Both men were able to maintain their access to him until he was about 20. Well, I mean, that just tells me what I said earlier, that like it, seemed, it was probably normal in their neighborhood to be like beating on their kids and like molesting people. Well, I don't... <laughs> I'm not going to say that that's ever like... Normal. Well, if the mom, I mean, I mean, did the mom know about the molestation? I don't think so. I okay. think I think it was like 
Well, okay. So you're like brought up in a super Christian household. You're not allowed to talk about things, you know? And when you're that little, you don't really know what's going on. All you know is like, that's a family member or that's a neighbor. And And they're like adults that have authority. And they're like telling me things like, don't tell anyone our secret, like threatening his family or whatever. So he's like not going to tell. I mean, I don't know if he did tell anyone, but I don't think that he did because... A lot of kids don't even have the words for it. Right. That's why we have to educate our children. Like, if if someone makes you feel uncomfortable or weird or funny or you don't like being around them, then you need to like tell someone that you trust, and then and then that person needs to be like, Receptive. all right, we're not going to put yeah. you around them anymore. Not go hug your uncle so and so, even though he makes you feel weird. Yeah, like oh, he's family. Get over it. Or like we don't talk about things like that. Right. It's like you so, need to have a receptive adult that is. We need to aware of abuse. Yeah. yeah. And teaching children like words for things so that they have the language to to right. tell someone when something's going on. Right. So anyway, by the time Donald was old enough to refuse like seeing these people. Mm-hmm. So you know when you're like a teenager or like in your 20s, like late teens, early 20s, then you're at that point where you could where you could be like I'm not I'm not going to go over to the neighbor's house anymore kind of a thing. Yeah. But instead of doing that, he changed the nature of the relationship and he began extorting them to get what he wanted. Huh. I wonder So he uh, was like I wonder how I didn't much of have... that was like him like uh telling himself that he was in charge. No, it was like he so the way I see it is like he got when he was little, he didn't have power in yeah. that. And then when he got older, he was like now I have all the power right. and I can threaten to tell people unless you like buy me this thing or unless you give me money or unless you do these things, right. I'm going to tell everyone. Okay. And then, so he like flipped the script on those bitches. All right. Go Donald. In a way. Uh, <laughs> okay. So uh, Donald was a bit of a loner and he was a teacher's pet. Hmm. He got good grades in high school, but he got bored and dropped out before he graduated yeah. Yeah, I could see like at when you've been like abused like that, you want you want the approval of like another adult that you feel is like a safe person. So he's probably like sucking up to the teacher to be like, "Look at me." But then also when I don't know, when you're like abused, it's I would assume that it's hard to want to concentrate in school and like deal with that shit. Well, plus I feel like I feel like he had problems like connecting with the other children at sure. school. Yeah. And like depending on your teacher, like a lot of times the teacher is a safe person. Yeah. So at home, like you said, if you're being abused and like you're you're being punished and whatever, then yeah, like he and he wanted I think that he wanted to like feel good about himself and the way to do that was to be like good in school and like get teachers approval. He needed like an adult's adult's approval. Yeah, right. So he did get his GED at 16 while working at a store selling tennis and golf equipment. And he had his first sexual encounter, consensual sexual encounter, which I would say sexual encounter because Mm -hmm. the rest of it was rape, at 16. And he began an on-again, off-again relationship with another man when he was 17. That relationship would last for 15 years. Do you know if that person was the same age as him or was it an older I don't know I don't know 
So Donald moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, where he started work at a factory. Mm-hmm. But soon after, the factory was running out of work, so he was laid off. Mm-hmm. Then his mom called him and asked him if he'd go visit his grandfather at the hospital in London, Kentucky. So he was like, well, I'm not doing anything else, so I'm going to go visit Grandpa. I'm sorry, but like London, Kentucky. It's like London, yeah. that sounds exciting. Kentucky, huh. Okay, it's stop very, shitting uh, on Kentucky. Juxtaposition. Uh, I've never been to Kentucky. Maybe it's a... I've never heard really great Well, that's because of Bitch McConnell, but we won't get into it. Okay, so it was a Catholic (laughs) hospital, and Mm -hmm. Donald spent a lot of time there, obviously. So much time that he was able to get in good with the nuns who were the nurses. Oh, good old nun nurses. Uh Uh-huh. I feel like they'd be so scary. Yes! (laughs) Terrifying! (laughs) Unless it's because we went to Catholic school. We're just conditioned to be terrified of nuns and priests. Although we didn't have, like, our nuns were nice. That's because we they were nice so nuns. old that they could barely like move. <laughs> the so, library nun yes. was so ancient. I think she that literally lived in the library. Because I she thought could, she did too. She, she was always she in her so, little chair. Yeah. I know. So she like was that's so old. But I'm sure like a few years before, I would have been terrified. If she was more, <laughs> more mobile, had that ruler out. <laughs> oh, poor thing. She was like Sister Mary of the library. Then we had Sister, Sister Mary, Mary of, the of like. <laughs> they were Sister all Sister Mary Mary's. of the school. I was what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Okay, so, so the nuns were nurses, and he was really charming. Like I feel like he developed that when he was little. You know, yeah. being a teacher's pet, like he learned how to charm, well, like also, uh, authority figures. I assume, like, unfortunately, because he was being like molested and stuff he had to come up with some kind of like persona that would i don't know like detach from yeah detach happening and and like i'm sure like try and like charm his rapists in a way that's like don't do this now i don't know like yeah yeah but i'm sure he like learned that's just (sighs) so don't feel too bad for him though okay so (laughs) (laughs) great he was charming and eager to please, so one of the nuns offered him a job. As a janitor? He accepted and became an orderly in charge of cleaning patients in their uh-huh. beds, okay. changing bedpans, moving patients around, like it's taking them to job. their x-rays uh-huh. or whatever. Yeah. Uh, here's where it gets iffy. He hmm. was also in charge of inserting catheters. No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I, know. I, I think you need to have like a PhD to do that. Like, no one's coming near the pee pee hole with Or a tube. you need to have like nurse training. Some kind of training. Like, you need some kind of training for that. You don't just like, okay, you got your GED. Here's a catheter. Go ahead and put that in. I can't even imagine. He was also in charge of dispensing medicine. Mm, which also that that's iffy too i mean nowadays like obviously that would not be happening yeah i mean unless it was like here are the three pills that mr o'reilly takes go give them to him i don't even then i feel like because i feel like they would have to be like a nurse or well yeah preferably but uh, i don't know what i'm saying is like as long as he's not going into the cabinet and like Counting out the pills himself, but Which still, is like either way, what is he's bad. doing. Ugh. Anyway, okay. So Donald seemed to like the work, and he fit in really well. Mm-hmm. During the evening shift of May thirtieth, 
1970, he was told to look in after a man named Logan Evans. He was an 88-year-old patient who had had a stroke. Mm -hmm. So this is, okay. So the nun told Donald that he would need to reinsert an IV. What? Which, no. Needles? No. (sighs) I just can't even. Okay. And the 70s, like, what the fuck? Okay. And then, and clean up Logan Evans. So Donald is 18 years old and being, like, uh, trusted to insert an IV? He's basically being a nurse without training. Without nursing school. And uh, this sounds You have to go to school for this. Like, no. Sounds like it's going bad. So Donald, okay, yeah, okay. So Donald pulled back the bed sheet Mm -hmm. and saw that Evans had shit in his own hand. That's right. He pooped in his hand. Like his hand Don- is near his butt and he just happened to poop or he's like getting I a handful. Know. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Donald leaned in. Why would you lean Pro- in? I mean, probably to like be like, what? Give it a you good know? sniff. No, to probably be like, what the, is that, am I really like seeing what I'm seeing? Oof. So as he leans in, the patient rubbed the shitty sheet in his face. Okay, so Donald became enraged. Yes. And he smothered Evans with a pillow wrapped in plastic sheeting. Uh, It's a little extreme, but I mean, a poop in your face. No, but, no, but, no, but. A poop in your face. You might snap. No, that, no. You're 18 and you have no nursing training. You shouldn't even be in there. First of all, you shouldn't be in there, yeah. You're going to smother a patient for pooping in your face. But also, no, you're not. No, you walk away and you go like shower and, and then you say, I'm sorry, I cannot go back in that room. I would rather not work with that patient. I think what would happen to me is... I would end up projectile vomiting all over the patient. Yeah. And then it would just be bad. There'd be poop and puke everywhere. And we'd have to get like more nurses in there to like hose us both down. That's right. Oof. Oh, Well, that's a more natural response. Like vomit and walk away and go shower. You know, I've worked with children with disabilities. So I have cleaned up my fair share of human shit. Yeah. And it's disgusting when it's just like on the floor and smeared on the walls and you have to clean it up. I can't even imagine getting it on your skin. That makes me so sick. I just, yes, and it happens and you're not going to die. Yeah, you're not going to smother, of course. You're going to be fine? I am having a reaction right now to the thought of that. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Working with babies, like they get shit everywhere. Uh, I mean, it's like it's smaller amounts, and it's baby poop. Oh, you don't have, like, even adult poop. Uh-uh. It's baby poop mm. smells like nothing you've ever smelled I, before. I, I that know, is but you're like it's fucking like, gross. To me, it's like I don't want to make the comparison that babies are like dogs, but cleaning up dog poop, it's like you know what you fed them, you know what's coming out. Like, no, it's no. Not, First of all, it's not your baby, so you don't know what they've been eating. Second of all, when it goes all the way up the back into their hair and you have to, like, take their little onesie off and get them a fresh onesie, but then also, like, kind of bathe them because it's fucking gross. grab them by the scruff of the neck and just dump them in a bath. Like, hose them down. (laughs) hose them down. (laughs) They're fine. (laughs) Look, no one wants to steal the human shit, but it happens, uh... and you've got to get over it. Okay, well, yeah... 
Okay, so especially this is if even you're worse. an orderly, I mean, yes. you're dealing like you're literally dealing with shit and piss all day. Yes, it's like all you're doing all day. <sighs> okay, okay, so as he smothered Evans to death, he Ugh. listened to his heartbeat with a stethoscope. Okay, that's just fucked up. That's fucking morbid. Also, why does he have a stethoscope? What are they like trusting him to do? Uh, apparently you can just become a doctor just from like going to visit your grandpa in the hospital. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so then, I mean, honestly though, like we've been talking about, I doubt that the nuns had nurse training. Right. You know, it was probably more of like an apprenticeship where it's like you follow down, you follow the head nun around and mm-hmm. she's like, this is how you insert like uh, an IV. And then the other nuns are like, oh, okay, like now we can do it. Right. So I doubt that that like, I doubt you they just, were getting you training. You just quietly listen for God to instruct you. <laughs> Jesus, take the IV. Catheter. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so when Evan's heart stopped, he threw away the plastic, cleaned him up, and changed the sheets, dressed Evans in a clean hospital gown, and then he went and took a shower. Okay, see, that's where it, like, changes from a rage response to, like, a thought out, like, you are taking the time. The stethoscope changed it. Right, no, that's what I mean. Like, the stethoscope, like, he took the time to listen to the heartbeat, and then afterwards cleaned up and made sure that the evidence was gone so like at what i wonder at what point it went from like this guy fucking put poop in my mouth i'm so it just seemed like the whole time like he's using a stethoscope you think he was just like like, waiting for like something to happen where he could enact well who like who knows what he's been up to before all this you know i don't know i just don't think that like like when you have a job like this when you are in a situation that's really gross and awful you just walk away yeah. you know you like Hopefully. you like call in backup or you you can't just like have a reaction like that no and then on top of it all it's not like he he like smothered him and used a stethoscope to like yeah. kill him yeah. intentionally yeah. that's like yeah. i don't think that that i think that that's thought out it definitely but then it's like, was it thought out before, or was it just right? Like, how long had the, he been trying to like kill people? Yeah, or was it one of those things in the back of his mind where it was like, I really want to do this one day, and then the opportunity presented itself, or if yeah, it was just he, like, I don't know, it's time to do it. So he then told the nurse on duty that Evans had died, mm-hmm. and no one ever questioned what happened. The next day, Donald used. The wrong sized catheter Excuse on James me? Tyree. When I don't think I even realized there were multiple sizes. Okay, so there are bigger ones for women and oh. smaller ones for men. Hmm. And within that, I'm sure there are like different sizes. Oh God. Oh. Okay. Yeah. When Tyree yelled for him to take it out, obviously. Yeah. Donald restrained him in a way <gasps> that Tyree vomited blood and died. Holy shit, what the fuck kind of restraints was he using? I don't know. Three oh weeks later, God. he was in the room with an elderly woman named Elizabeth Wyatt mm-hmm. who told Donald that she just wanted to die of her own will. Yeah. So Donald turned down her oxygen supply and several hours later, a nurse found her dead. Well, 
I'm, I'm, I'm okay with euthanasia if the person is like, I'm okay with euthanasia, but, but she like suffocated yeah, to death, it's right? Be the right way. That's not, that's, that's not a peaceful way like, to go. Mm-hmm. Like inject her with a shit ton of morphine or something, but like, yeah. don't, you know, I don't know. Ugh. Anyway, okay. the following month, he was told to bathe Eugene McQueen, who had had uh, respiratory issues. Instead, he turned McQueen over onto his stomach so that he could not breathe. Oh. And he laid him there until he drowned in his own fluids. Oh, my God. So that would have taken a while, too, to suffocate. Fuck. He's just, like, watching them die. After that, he bathed McQueen. And then McQueen was pronounced dead. And rather than looking into the death, several staff members teased Donald about bathing a dead patient without knowing that he was dead. First of all. Yeah. Did he put him on his stomach like in bed? Do you know? Yeah, he like rolled him over onto his stomach. And then he lugged a dead body to a tub and washed him. No, it was probably like a sponge bath or something. Oh, okay. Because I was like, that is insane. (laughs) (laughs) What? Okay, a sponge bath. I would imagine it was like a sponge bath. And man, man, those uh, Catholics and their humor. It's hilarious when you accidentally bathe a dead body. (sighs) What the fuck? Ha, 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 ha. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, so now, you know, he's already killed a handful of people, and he's, like, pretty emboldened at this point. No one's ever questioned him, ever. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it seems like so far all his, all of his victims have been elderly and, like, ill. So yeah. everyone else is just like, well, it happens. They're they were the probably going to die yeah. at some point anyway, so whatever. So then he was told to put a catheter in... Ben Gilbert. When he got into the room, Gilbert threw a bedpan at him and knocked Donald out. You go, Gilbert. He knocked him out cold. Shit. But that is a hefty toss of a bedpan. I'm just imagining him like like a frisbee, yeah, you know, just like lobbing it. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, <laughs> like bonks him just in the right spot. So to get his revenge oh, that God. evening, he returned to Gilbert's room. This one's really bad. Oh, no. He inserted a catheter that was too big. Uh So, like, I think it was one for a woman. (sighs) Then then he straightened out a coat hanger, (gasps) fed it through the catheter. No, what? And punctured Gilbert's bladder and Uh, intestines. uh, uh, Oh, my God. What in the fuck? Gilbert went into shock and then into a coma. Donald removed the hanger and catheter. And then he put the right-sized one in and told the staff that he had come into the room and Gilbert was unresponsive. Gilbert died of an infection four hours later. So clearly nobody is monitoring this orderly. No, he has, like, free reign. Oh, my God. That's fucking horrible. before he reached his 19th birthday, he's 18 (laughs) years old this whole time, Donald killed at least... 15 patients at Marymount Hospital. Holy shit. In one year, at least 15 people died because of this dude. Probably more. Probably more. Probably, like, way more. So I know that, like, we've talked about before how angel of death stories are never, like, our go-to. 
But yeah, because this they're one usually, just... I mean, it's usually the same story where it's like a female nurse is like suffocating patients or giving them too much medication. Yeah. And like, you know, which it is fucked up and horrible, but it's yes. kind of a boring story to me. <laughs> but well, this is it's just like, the, I just feel like with Angels of Death, it's just like so, it's so depressing. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it because there's something psychologically wrong with them. So some of them like actually think that they're helping, right. you know, by like putting people out of their misery, quote unquote, when it's not like your for, responsibility. Yeah, even though they came in for like a stub toe and they're like, oh, we'll, we'll put well, you they out of your misery. Well, get to the point, yeah. <laughs> But it's pretty, like, I feel like, you know, it's just so tragic and just because that person is, like, just so fucked up in the head that, I mean, angels of death are the ones that kill, like, the most people, you know, because they have access to the most vulnerable people. So I just feel like these stories are just so awful where it's, like, you're killing off the most vulnerable people. And no one's suspecting you because you're a nurse or you're, like, you you work there, you're supposed to be there. These people are all, like you said, vulnerable and, like, ill or whatever, so... No one expects that some, you know, a lot of them are going to survive what they're there for or. Right. And you have a whole building full of Mm -hmm. victims to choose from Mm -hmm. that are just brought to you. You don't have to go in. You show up to work and you look like you're responsible and going to work and doing your thing. So I just feel like these stories are usually just like so tragic. And this one is super tragic. But it's also like Donald. Donald's a. He's a fucked up dude, but he like he mixes it up, you know. You'll see. He's like he's an interesting one. Ugh. So I read this and I was like, I've never heard of this guy. Uh-uh. This guy sucks, and yeah. we gotta talk about him. Yeah. So he used different methods of killing people, usually so that their symptoms would hide it. So he mm. used a faulty oxygen tank to murder Harvey Williams and Maud Nichols. Like he would plug them into it and be like, I hooked them up to the oxygen. And then they would yeah. just suffocate because there was no oxygen. Yeah. Fuck. He killed Maud because when she came in, she had bed sores that were so bad they were infested with maggots. Ooh. And no one wanted to give her care. This is the episode where you just want to make me throw up. Yeah, welcome. You're welcome because I'm flipping the script this time. You're the one who's usually like telling me the most horrible fucked up things I've ever heard my whole life. And now I'm doing it to you. That's a brother's job. You're welcome. (laughs) Try uh, good luck eating today at all. Fuck. Yeah. Oh my God. She had bed sores that were infested with maggots before she came into the hospital. So clearly people weren't, like, there was no one taking care of her. Yes. This poor woman is just sitting in one position. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Just hurting. So he killed a man named William Bowling by not even turning his oxygen on. He was having such a hard time breathing that he ended up having a massive heart attack (gasps) and dying. Oh, my God. Viola Reed Wyan had leukemia, and Donald thought that she smelled bad. So he smothered her with a pillow wrapped in plastic. Wow. So he's just coming up with any excuse now. Now but, he's just having fun. But someone came in while he was smothering her, so oh. he had to stop. Oh. Then he went to plan B, it- and he hooked her up with that faulty oxygen tank until she died. They weren't, the person that interrupted wasn't like, oh, why do you have that pillow pressed against that woman's face? Uh, 
well, he was just fluffing it for her and oh, yeah. uh, had to make sure it was the right size for her head. Right. And right. he was just being like really considerate. Yeah. You know? I mean, he had to measure how big her head was. And yeah. And like lift her head and right. it was the wrong size. So right. Like, and then you we'll have to like readjust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Also, why is there a faulty oxygen tank floating around this hospital? Well, obviously, he's the only one that knows it's faulty, and he's just moving How it could he be the only one? Like, fix it or get rid of it. What? Why? I don't... Okay. I don't know. It seems... So, I bet, like, every He can't be the only orderly, though, you know? But he might just be the, like... He might have figured out that it's faulty, and he just, like, is keeping it, like, in a closet, and then he, like, brings it out plugs them into it, and then, like, wheels it back down the hall or whatever. I don't know. So much oversight. This is, like, insane. Yeah, well, they're given, like, a 19-year-old free reign of a hospital with poor victims. And they're not checking in on, like, how many people are actually dying under his care. They're just like, well, it's a hospital. We expect they're that they're all They're just like, oh, haha, ha, you bathed a dead dude. Yeah, that's so funny. Ha, ha, ha. And they keep bringing it up every day about how you bathe dead people. You that's weirdo. Just so, you're just such a trickster. <laughs> okay, so Silas Butler was suffering from kidney failure. And Donald tried to smother him several times, but each time he was interrupted. <sighs> then he used his trusty, faulty oxygen tank. Mm-hmm. He did the same with Sam Carroll, who was suffering with pneumonia and intestinal blockage, oh. and to John Combs, who had heart failure. <sighs> uh, Maggie Rawlings was in the hospital being treated for a burn on her arm. And Donald smothered her by placing a plastic bag over her face and then a pillow on top of that so he didn't leave any fibers behind in her airway. I I just, what? It's like when I was talking about getting a stubbed toe and being put out of your misery. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, oh, they I've just got a burn on go my off arm. off the deep end. And you're going to, I just, so her faculties well, and are how all does- there and she's like aware yeah, how does no one question that, you exactly. know? Exactly, like, well, I don't know. I mean, Unless she was, like, an older, I mean, she could have been, like, an older person, you know, and your skin kind of burns would affect your skin more. And maybe, like, I don't, thought that, So maybe like, they had her on, like, pain meds or something, and then, Or, I don't like, know. that she, maybe, like you said, maybe if you're older, you're more susceptible to infection or something, and maybe, like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, she must have gotten, like, a blood infection from her burn or something. I don't, ugh. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Well, I wonder how they justify that with their God. Well, they're so busy, they don't really care. They don't have time to talk to God. They're busy. And if he's not <laughs> piping in on his own, it's like there's like a communication breakdown happening at this hospital. Yeah. Okay, so he killed Margaret Harrison by giving her an overdose of Demerol, morphine, and codeine. Hmm. Which that's like overkill. Yeah, that's all what he of which. That's what he should have given that poor woman that wanted to be euthanized. That's what he should have been giving them all, all along. <laughs> okay, oh, all of which were supposed to go to another patient. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Why is he being trusted with these like serious? Like all of those are very serious painkillers. Everything he's being trusted with should be a serious And they're like, thing. oh, you know, just like create your own pills like a pharmacist and then also dispense them like how a nurse would do and good luck. I, 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 <laughs> okay, this is, uh, we're going to get, it's going to get even 
Oh, good. Uh, I don't even know what to say. It's just bad. It's all bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. He killed Milton Bryant Sasser, who had congestive heart failure with an overdose of morphine that he had stolen from the medicine locker at the nurse's station. Okay, so he has access to the locker. Yeah, well, he's dispensing medicine, so he gets to go and get the medicine. He then tried to flush the hypodermic needle down the toilet. What? Uh, which clogged not... the pipe. Yeah, what? Right? Like, okay. First of all, if toilets are like they are, yeah. there's like a, bend, a, a U bend in the pipe. Yeah. A needle is not going to make its way through. Well, he didn't go to plumbing school. Well, he didn't really go to school, so... How would he know about toilets? I so, mean, take the needle and toss it on your way home. Why well, do you flush also, it? Also, don't they have like the little sharps, like disposable container thing? I mean, yeah, you're right. I don't know. Maybe they're, they're probably the, just washing them and reusing them. Probably. I don't know. Probably because. <laughs> With I their mean, like barber blue juice, they're yeah, just like sticking the just, needles in there. <laughs> probably because what year is it? You said like uh, 60 71, or I think at this point. Yeah, I don't know what the laws were about. Needles and stuff, and I don't know. Uh, what just they like lick them and re-stick them. <laughs> yeah, lick and stick. That's how you gotta lube up the needle before you give them an injection. That's right. Mm -hmm. Ugh, okay, <laughs> so obviously it clogged the pipe. Yeah. Uh, so they like had a plumber come and fix it, and no one connected it to Sasser's death. They Even though there was like, a needle found like, oh, in a yeah, toilet. Totally common. All of us like to chuck needles in the toilet. They're like, that's just good uh, hospital practice. Yeah. You don't need the needle anymore. Just toss it in the toilet and flush it down. Yeah. And then the Problem fish solved. can have it. I don't... People who put things down the toilet, it's like... How do you think that's going to go? Really? You think that's just going to like go disappear and it's going to be fine? I assume that the toilet is like a portal... Where all the yucky but when you're little it goes. is yeah but when you're an adult it's not a portal anymore <laughs> <laughs> especially when you've had to clean up a clog that's like spewing poo all over the floor and you've had Ew. to mop it up Ew. you know that is not a portal that is a that, well that is a portal from hell not everything goes down <laughs> things get rejected <laughs> some stuff come back up <laughs> yeah. yeah your offerings are not accepted some of the time. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> I remember uh, one night I, I got to stay up late because I can only ever stay up late if I wanted to watch X-Files and I wanted to stay up late. So I watched X-Files and it was the episode where like all the rats oh, come out yes. of the toilet. Yes. <gasps> I could not <laughs> use the toilet for like a week after that. I would like check and then I'd like, I'd like stand up like all the time, like look and see if like rats were coming out of the toilet. Well, oh my that god, must it was have been so scary. Really challenging for you as like how short and thin you were that you had to like yeah. hoist yourself up onto the seat <laughs> and then hold onto the sink so that you didn't fall into the toilet. Well, I was older at this and then time. You're afraid of rats coming down, so you had to like <laughs> hoist yourself off the toilet. <laughs> I wasn't that tiny. Also, the Spice Girls movie where a dude crawls out of the toilet, that was also very frightening. <laughs> I definitely saw that when I was young, and I was like, oh, my God, people could climb out of there? See, maybe there were just rumors like that back in the day where they just assumed humans can climb in and out of toilets. Why not a needle? God, that movie was so amazing. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Who wrote that? You know, spice up your life, every boy and every girl. Spice up your life, mm -hmm. people of the world. Spice uh, up your leg. Uh, <laughs> so we don't love, 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 love
man, we are so talented. We should take our show on Broadway. We are Space Girls. <laughs> yes. Okay, so around this time, his first year at the hospital, mm-hmm. he began a relationship with Vernon Midden. Vernon. Vernon was an undertaker. and Goldie and Maude. Those are names that, whoa, Vernon and Undertaker. That's a great undertaker name. Vernon is an undertaker, I you know. It. I love uh, it. Vernon was married with children. Uh-huh. But he started this relationship with young Donald. Well, yeah. And he taught Donald all about dead bodies and physical evidence of how they died. Fun. Also, I believe it was Vernon who liked to have sex in ice baths. Fun. So, you know he was doing some stuff with the dead bodies. Seems like a match made in heaven. Uh-huh. So Donald is learning how to cover his crimes even better now at mm. the ripe old age of 19. With his undertaker boyfriend. With healthy relationships <laughs> with wow. healthy people. Well, so, I mean, he was never taught healthy relationships, so it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the end of March 1971... Donald left his job at Marymount. He was depressed, so he set a fire to a bathroom of an empty apartment in his complex, trying to kill himself. Wait, what? Was he hoping he he was going to burn while he pooped? He was hoping to suffocate, but Uh. instead he survived, and all that he got was a $50 fine for destruction of property. Okay, first of all, Everybody knows you stick your head in the oven when you want to suffocate. <laughs> and secondly, $50 for burning yeah. down a bathroom? Yeah. <laughs> wow. What? Yeah, I guess apartments were cheap back then. Apparently. I don't know. Jesus Christ. Yeah. 50, I can't even imagine like repairing a bathroom for $50. Well, I don't I didn't do the inflation or anything. I don't know how much it was, but uh, I don't know. Probably like a couple hundred dollars. Maybe, uh-huh. but that's must have been a shitty apartment. Actually, with inflation now, it's probably like ten thousand dollars. <laughs> it's like fifty dollars in nineteen seventy one. That's how it feels, at it least. Does feel that way, and it's pretty when you can accurate. buy like a twenty thousand dollar house in nineteen seventy one, and now it's like six hundred thousand dollars for that same house. Yep, but our wages are the same. Hooray! That's right. God bless America. God so. bless this hellhole. Then he was arrested for burglary. He was drunk when he was arrested, and he told the police that he had killed 15 people at Marymount. And they were like, oh, you silly boy. (laughs) The officers did follow up, Uh but they couldn't find any evidence. And the staff was like, no, Donald didn't do anything. He hadn't do anything. Donald didn't have anything to do with those people dying. They were old and whatever. Like, he didn't do anything wrong. So, like, maybe they thought that he, like, felt guilty that, like, you know, like, he was... He was joking. uh, Well, he did wash a dead body. It's pretty fucking hilarious, so... (laughs) He's, like, the the office clown. What are they (laughs) called? I don't know. He's, like, the hospital jokester. Yeah, the hospital jester. Yeah, the old hospital jester. What a silly boy. (laughs) Flesh and needles. Oh, no. God. He's, He's full always of those in jokes. for a prank. <laughs> <laughs> Pretending to smother the patients all the time. Oh, it's God. so funny. Inserting the wrong catheter. That's a hilarious one. Now that's a good prank. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. 
Okay, so for that crime, he got away with paying another small fine for petty theft. Okay. So he's like, I literally just confessed <laughs> to mass murder, and all I have to do is pay a fine? Yeah. All right. And I told this the, is going good. I told the police that, and they informed my work, and nobody believes that, so I guess I'm, I'm golden. I can keep so doing what I'm doing. So everything's going really well in my life. God Thank must you. want me to That's do this. Thank you. That's a sign from God. Mm-hmm. I got this. Yep, Jesus take the catheter, and he did, and we are doing this together. There were only one set of footprints in the hospital because Jesus was on my back holding a catheter. Oh, Jesus was on my back. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Jesus would be the one catching a ride, you know? Hell yeah. (laughs) Dude is like emaciated when he died. (laughs) He can't walk. And then he, like, rose after three days. He had to be, like, in such bad shape. Such bad shape. It's, like, hot and, you know, in that cave. Yeah. Yeah. So around this time, (laughs) Donald had his first heterosexual relationship with a woman named Ruth Ann Hodges. That's weird. Is it, like, a beard situation, you think? Well, it's like he was staying with her family at the time. Mm. And... He denied ever having a sexual relationship with yeah. her, but he was like, "Oh, I remember one time we like got really drunk, and then I remember being naked, and then that's it." Okay. So she ended up giving birth to a son and named Donald as the father on the birth certificate. And it was the next coming of Jesus. And Donald would go on to. Like, go between accepting that he had a son and then denying that he had a son. So Yeah, because he's like, girls are icky. How did that even happen? <laughs> Dude's off the deep end. Yeah. So in June 1971, because he's, like, going off the deep end, he mm-hmm. enlisted in the U.S. Air Force, which... Well, that's a good place to put yourself when you're... <laughs> Going off the deep end and murdering people. Yeah, when you're out of control, then go to the most controlling place ever, the U.S. Air Force. So when he had a brief relationship, oh, there he had a brief relationship with a man named Jim. Mm -hmm. He later said that he wanted to kill Jim, but was afraid to because of their very regulated environment. Interesting. So now he went from being in a hospital where he had free reign, doing whatever he wanted, checking in on whoever he wanted, and now he's in the Air Force where it's like you're sleeping in bunks, you're like constantly being monitored, you're always, you know, in a group doing drills or whatever you do. I don't know. I'm not in the Army, obviously. Yeah, this is like such an accurate description of like Air Force life, I'm sure. You know, you're like zipping around in planes and I don't know. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but he wasn't he wasn't doing so well, so he tried to kill himself again, this time with an overdose of NyQuil. And he didn't succeed. They never do. These fuckers. What is our motto? If you're kill gonna... yourself before you kill someone else. Thank you. <laughs> and successfully. Stop like Please be more successful please. at that. If you're so successful at murdering people, yeah. like, why aren't you successful yeah, at murdering yourself? You know how to do it to others. Clearly. So just get yourself out of the way first. You can stick that catheter in and scramble your insides. Also, if you are thinking about killing yourself, please seek help. Yeah. There are suicide hotlines and therapists and get help. Definitely get help. But if Shit you're can a get better. homicidal, 
if you're like, homicidal, like, well, he tried to turn himself in, so that didn't work. Then he should just, you know. <laughs> so, the Air Force looked into his background after he tried to kill himself, and they were like, oh, he's been arrested a couple of times. You and mean they he didn't claimed, check his background before he joined? Well, they need bodies. They don't got time for that. Like, Well, that's true. And then they don't want to get pulled into, like, a lawsuit or something. So, like, oh, we'll get rid of you. They need soldiers to yep. go off and die. That's right. Uh, they also learned that he claimed to have murdered 15 people. So they were like, oh, we can't really have you working here anymore. Doesn't so look too good for us. They discharged him in March of 1972. Dishonorable? It didn't say. Oh. I don't think so, though. I think yeah. they were just like, okay, bye. Yeah. Then he tried to kill himself again with an overdose, but he was found in time and his stomach was pumped, so he lived. Damn. Although that time he was sent to the mental ward of the VA Medical Center, which is the Veterans oh. Association. Okay. What are you doing? I'm using a toothpick to comb my beard. That is gross. <laughs> God, you are dad's kid. He and his toothpick thing and you with your, like, toothpick weirdness. Yeah, well, I had some stuff in my teeth and now I'm going to come. Ew, now you're putting it in your beard. <laughs> it's for later. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's very distracting. Look, I, don't tell our audience about my wonderful inventions. I'm distracted. That is not an invention. <laughs> I'm talking about murder and you're Fine, like combing yourself with a toothpick. <laughs> it's making me feel better from your disturbing story. Stop self-soothing. <laughs> this is awful. Feel awful. Fine. Okay. Then he, at the VA Medical Center, he was often in restraints and was given electroconvulsion therapy, but that Shit. didn't work. On top of it all, he was released from the hospital and his parents told him that he couldn't come home. He was no longer welcome there. Well, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want him in my home either, but... Okay, uh, as far as they know, their child is suicidal and is coming out of the hospital and they're like, oh, you know, yeah, we really he, can't have you around. Well, because he's got the gay. I don't know if they know that he's gay. Oh. I think they could sense it. <laughs> I don't know that they can. They'd be in such denial about it. Would mm. they really? I don't know. Well, anyway, so I think no... that's super fucked up. So he, has he has no, no support coming out. That's okay. right. But when he got out, he did get a job as a nurse's aide oh, at a rehab God, hospital. No. While he was getting outpatient care from the VA. So nobody cares that he doesn't have any kind of schooling. I mean, I guess they just looked at his like resume he and was like, oh, work experience. he worked at this place for years. And, and now then. he's like a veteran. Yeah, okay. It looks good so far. All right. Yeah. So then he got a job at Good Samaritan Hospital. Mm -hmm. So he's gotten two different jobs during this time. Shit. And he also had relationships with two different dudes at this time. And he didn't kill anyone. Okay. Which they're saying is probably because he was so 
supervised during this time, like going to his outpatient care mm. and working in, you know, relationships. He was really busy and his life was pretty regimented, so he didn't really have time to But still he's working kill. in a hospital. Yeah, but he's also like, getting care. Unless I don't know. they're like more supervised at these hospitals or something. Could be. I don't know. So in September 1975, he moved back to Cincinnati and got a job working nights at the VA med center there. Mm. He basically did whatever was needed around the hospital. So he had free reign in all the departments all over the hospital, and he was also unsupervised. Excellent. Just what he needs. At this time, he also got into the occult. Okay, well, that's fine. So the uh, the... Profiler dude was like, look, like, we know that, like, Satanism, like, we know the occult doesn't, like, cause people to kill, you know. The satanic panic thing. Right, or any Mm -hmm. of that, but he was just saying that it's, like, an interesting, it's an interesting tidbit, like, looking at his life that at this time he was was trying to get, like, maybe some control over his life, or he was, like, trying to. Looking for belonging, like, looking for Yeah, or, like, trying to find, yeah, something. Yeah. So over the next 10 years, Donald killed at least 15 more patients at the VA. Fun. Thank you for your service, veterans. Now you must die. <laughs> yeah. Which I that? feel like, okay, so he killed 15, at least 15 people in a year. Mm-hmm. And now over the next 10 years, he for sure killed more than 15 people, right? Like, he had to. Like, for sure. You don't ramp up that much and then just like not. I mean, you, it seems like you would go more like you'd go harder if like you're like i'm getting away with all of this nobody knows i can kill anyone i want well and i wouldn't i mean we definitely don't take care of our veterans and va hospitals are kind of a mess so i Mm -hmm. doubt that they were like more supervised than the catholic hospital but (sighs) yeah so i don't know but maybe maybe it was because he was at a new place and he kind of had to like feel it out to see like what he could get away with and then i don't know but i think he killed more people So his means of murder also expanded to include arsenic and cyanide and rat poison in patients' desserts. Oh. He slowly took little amounts of cyanide from the hospital until he had about 30 pounds, 30 pounds of cyanide at home. Why is there that much cyanide in a hospital? So, glad you asked. Cyanide. Well, thank you. Cyanide actually has medical purposes. What? It's used to rapidly bring down blood pressure. Oh. It dilates blood vessels and it's good for testing ketone levels for people with diabetes. Whoa. Okay, I had no idea about that. I'm assuming it's like a tiny, tiny sprinkling and not like... I would imagine it's like a medical <laughs> dose, like very small. And this is also in the late 70s. So I don't, they probably found like other things to do yeah. these, you know. But huh. back then they were like, oh, all right. Whoa. So he also dated a dude that he argued with often. So one time he put arsenic in the guy's ice cream. Oh. Uh, and then later that year, in 1980, Donald began a relationship with an older man named Carl Howler. 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 Which sounds best. I'll never None say it them. again. <laughs> never say it again. <laughs> I'm not. He's Carl. I'm not saying okay. it again. Okay. So he found out that Carl liked to pick up other men at a park on Mondays. 
fun cruising Mondays. Yeah, Monday. Monday fun day. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so Donald began putting arsenic in Carl's food on Sundays. Oh. <laughs> Not enough to kill him, just enough to make him too sick to go out on Mondays. Well, that'll, that'll keep your man home. Well, it worked for sick. a little while, but then he found out that he was still going out, so it didn't. <laughs> He's like Carl so powered through. desperate for his hookup time that he was yeah. like, I'm, I'm about to throw up, but it's okay. I'm going to go find some cuties out. Fine, in the I'm going to park. the park. I'm going to get some fresh air at the park. I'll feel better there. Because at home, I'm feeling sick. So, hmm. Wow. Well, I wonder, like, it's happening every Monday or every Sunday. Sunday, he's eating yeah. something, and then he's, like, feeling sick. He's got to start correlating that to, like, You would think you'd catch on. that Donald's doing. I would hope so. Either that or you think that maybe well, God is, like, you know, making you feel sinful and guilty for cheating on your partner. So you're feeling all like yucky on Sunday. Well, I don't know how religious Carl was, but he's out trolling on Mondays. I don't know how religious he is. I don't know. I just assume all the people in Ohio and Kentucky are some form of religious. We're in Ohio, I think. I don't know. I don't know about Carl. Okay. But I do know that... Donald was worried that a neighbor of theirs was trying to split them up. So he did the rational thing and poisoned her with acrylic acid in her food. Very good, very good. When that didn't work, he tried to infect her with the live AIDS virus that he had taken from work. Excuse me? First of all, how do you, you're just like, I'm just going to take a little scoop of AIDS with me from work and with my cyanide. I'm just going to go down to the lab and just grab this little vial of AIDS or however, what what form it is in. Why is it, why do they have that? Well, probably to like try and find (sighs) a cure. Or he just like found a needle that was flushed down the toilet that had some AIDS (laughs) and it was like, perfect. (laughs) I don't know. But I think, I mean, labs usually have like very serious diseases in there to try and find like if they're like looking for cures yeah yeah so i don't know why he had free reign going in there though he had no business being in a lab holy shit how did he at all so uh that luckily failed oh good so he decided to sprinkle to sprinkle, to spike her drink with hepatitis B. Just a sprinkling of hepatitis B. Just a hint of hepatitis what B the for the fuck? flavor. She ended so up getting just... so sick from that that she was hospitalized. Yeah. But she was able to be treated. Oh, good. They were able to find out what it was because it's like he's just going into the lab and is like, oh, look at all these different diseases and illnesses that I have access to and I can just grab and sprinkle in people's food? What That's the fuck? T- it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Just nobody eat any... Only eat things that you make yourself. <laughs> yeah, don't accept... Well, we all know don't accept drinks from strangers. Well, women know don't accept drinks from strangers, but also don't... Just, you know, just become a hermit. Don't yeah, go anywhere. Don't, don't talk yeah, to anyone. Don't, don't just, leave mm-mm. your home. Everyone is out to kill you. Just assume, <laughs> assume the worst. <laughs> oh, God. Ugh. What a way to live. Mm. Okay, so Donald perceived that another neighbor was a threat to Carl. So he sprinkled some arsenic on some leftovers that he gave to her and in a jar of mayonnaise that was in her fridge. This guy who... Argues, they argue constantly, so they have a great relationship, obviously. Yes, very healthy, yeah. 
and he's just assuming that everyone around them Carl is stepping out with. Well, no, he thought, well, no, he thought that the one, okay, so the first neighbor, I think that Carl and her were friends, Mm -hmm. and he was, like, friendly with her, too, but then he, like, he was paranoid and thought that, like, she was telling Carl, like, oh, you get, like, he's not good for you or whatever, I don't know, but also, they're arguing a lot, if if Carl and her are friends, uh, he's probably like, dude, this guy's, like, fucked up, and then she's like, yeah, man, he sounds, like, really messed up, I mean, who knows? Doesn't sound like a good fit, (laughs) you guys, I can hear you guys arguing day and night from my house. Right. Who knows? And then the other neighbor, I guess Carl had some beef with her or something. Mm, okay. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's just paranoid about it. He's just paranoid. Yeah. He's paranoid. It could have been like, hey, you guys, like, I'm our mail gets mixed up all the time. I'm yeah. just wondering if you could, like, talk to the post office person right. or something. And he's like, like, oh, huh? he's threatening. She's threatening Carl. Our mail I, is intermingling. It's bad. I'm going to get another girl pregnant on an accident with our mail touching. <laughs> Okay, so uh, weeks later, so that didn't kill her. It just made her sick. And then weeks later, he gave her a pie laced with arsenic. And she got so ill from this pie that she was paralyzed. (gasps) And then she needed a tracheotomy to breathe. Oh, my But at the hospital, like, I think she hemorrhaged at the tracheotomy site, maybe. And then she died. (gasps) They attributed her death to Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is always mentioned in House. Uh, And Donald volunteered to be a pallbearer at her funeral. Of course he did. What a dick. What a dick. And then he later claimed that he didn't mean to kill her. He just wanted to make her, like, sick enough to leave Carl alone. Yeah, instead of being like, hey, can you leave Carl alone? She's supposed to get the message from a pie tainted with fucked up shit and you're su- <laughs> what like well obviously he's not logical no, he's no. just fucking out of control so following the funeral some of the woman's family gathered at her home mm-hmm. and they got ill but they attributed it to food poisoning well yeah i mean technically it kind of was food poisoning they ate food that was poisoned just don't eat mayonnaise everyone it's gross <laughs> So. Oh, look, you need food lube. How are you going to get the big pieces down? You got to grease them up in the mayo. Stop it. Now you're going to make me vomit. It's so gross. <laughs> Ugh. Uh-huh. Gross. So then he had an argument with Carl's parents. Okay. So naturally he began poisoning their food with arsenic. Oh, God. Carl's father ended up having a stroke. Ugh. And while in the hospital, good old Donald went to visit him. Yeah. While he was there, Donald sprinkled arsenic in his pudding. And later that night, Carl's father died. Fuck. Over the next year, Donald continued to poison Carl's mother, but never managed to kill her. Wow. She's a strong constitution. He sucks so bad. You have an argument with your partner's parents and your response is, I'm just going to poison them. Oh, yeah, you're trying to split us up. With someone that you're not even, like, you're not even compatible with. Yep. He's going to fight till the death for this relationship, literally, and he has been. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of like the whole stalker thing where it's like, why do you want to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to be in a relationship with you? 
Like, move on. It's clearly not working. What's that, like, mindset of, like, I know best, and I know that, like, we're compatible, and if only she could see, or if only he could see, like... Yeah, but they don't feel that way about you. Like, get it through your head. Yeah, but in your mind, you think... But why? I don't know. I don't... It's a mental illness. I just think, like, it is. Stalking is so terrifying. It's it like, is. why do you get fixated on someone? There are why? millions and billions of other people out there. Go find someone else. Yeah, <laughs> someone who's like compatible with you. Although if you got the stalking mentality, no one's going to be compatible with you because you Cause crazy. you're crazy. <laughs> you're not ready for a relationship, uh-uh. obviously. You need to work on you and your issues <sighs> before you can work on Okay, well, let's talk more about Donald's issues. Okay. So Donald accidentally killed Carl's brother-in-law. Accidentally. He had been removing adhesive labels with methanol that he kept in a vodka bottle for some reason. Okay. And Carl didn't know, or he mixed up the bottles and he poured his brother-in-law several drinks. How do and you then not know you're drinking methanol? The brother-in-law became very ill and had a heart attack and died. Oh, God. Well, I don't know... Yeah, I don't know if they were just, like, drinking shitty vodka or I don't... I mean, to be honest, I don't really know what the, what methanol smells like, so... Maybe I don't either. Probably, like, alcohol. Smell. Yeah, and if you're mixing drinks or something, it's probably... I don't... Oh, fuck, <sighs> that sucks. Because Carl was giving it to his own brother-in-law on accident. Like, I just feel like when you put mm. something like that in a bottle... Like, yeah, reuse mm-hmm. bottles, everyone, label, for sure. Label, label. But yes, label, <laughs> label. Fucking cover like that shit. It takes, two seconds to write with a Sharpie on the bottle. Do yeah. not drink poison. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> fuck. God. Ugh. Okay, okay. so... Mm-hmm. By January 1984... Carl asked Donald to move out. Yeah. He was, like, done with Donald's erratic behavior, his, like, craziness. He was, like, I can't. And also people are dropping, like, flies around us. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting sick every Sunday night, and all my family's, like, dead. So (laughs) you need to move out. fuck? So Donald was so mad that over the next two years... He tried several times to poison Carl, but he was never able to kill him. Fuck. Carl and his mom. Strong, strong people. Two years. Get over it. I mean, I understand that you can, like, be hurt for many, many years. Sure. But the way to get over that is to, like, cut contact. Don't just keep trying to, like, see that person and kill them. Just cut contact. Yeah, ugh. Uh, he did successfully murder an ex-boyfriend, James Peluso, who had had a heart disease. Oh, he no. put arsenic in his daiquiri and some in his pudding, and then ugh. James died at the VA hospital. So he he said that I think that if I'm remembering correctly, that James like asked him. He was like, "If I get to the point where, you know, I." Like, my quality of life is going really downhill. Can you, like, help me? Right. Can you, like, help me out? And then he did. At the same time, it's like, who fucking knows, right? Also, that's not the way to, like, put someone out of their misery. Like, you don't poison them with arsenic. That's such a bad way to go. 
Well, I don't, yeah. I'm assuming that the boyfriend wasn't like, yeah, poison me with arsenic, but it was probably like, well, you have access to all these like things at the hospital. Maybe you could bring home some morphine or, you know, like yeah. something else, not like uh, anything poison else. my pudding. <laughs> like, what the fuck? God, it's such a painful way to go. Uh. Okay, so Donald poisoned another neighbor that Carl had had a dispute with. And he put arsenic in the neighbor's Pepto Bismol, which is oh, evil as fuck. No. You're and the man died oh, five God. days later. Mm-hmm. You're like drinking your Pepto Bismol because you're like, my tummy's upset. Mm-hmm. And then your stomach is really upset and you die. Mm-hmm. Oh. And then you drink more to fix it. Uh. Then... <laughs> yeah, I know. Also, I don't think I've ever had Pepto Bismol. What? Of course you have. When? I don't know. I don't think I have. I'm sure you did as a child. Pepto-Bismol? Yeah. Have you had it? I'm sure as a child. Recently? Uh, no. I just make, like, peppermint tea. Uh, I've had, like, the... Because it comes in pill form, too, I think. I've had that, like, years ago, but I don't remember why. Oh... Is that what I took that gave me the black, hairy tongue? Ew. Uh, yes. Is that, that what is, it is? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. That is yeah. fucking disgusting. You had a black, hairy tongue? Yeah, okay. So mo- when mom and I went up to Oregon like years and years ago, and then Allison got us hella drunk, and then I was super hungover, and we had to drive from Oregon back to California that next day, oh. and I was in the car like so so hungover so they like gave me the Pepto-Bismol like tablet thing yeah. and I was like no no I don't want black hairy tongue I don't want black hairy tongue and so then they're like just you're feeling sick and you have to sit in the car for like 16 hours like just take it so then I took it and then I fell asleep in the car fortunately and then when I woke up in the car and I looked in the little uh, no. mirror and my tongue was like black no was like, ah! no from one dose yeah it's when the oxygen like Sorry, the oxygen, when the oxygen hits it. So I was like trying to sleep and I was like, keep your mouth closed. Just keep your mouth closed. It just turns your tongue black. It's not, it doesn't, it just turns your tongue black. I'm disturbed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I have had it as an adult. Okay, well. God, that was so awful. And then we hit traffic. We were like in traffic for hours and I was like hung over. Oh, it was horrible. You're like just. And we've been drinking like. Die. hippie juice or something sweet oh, you know and like super alcoholic so it was like all these different alcohols mixed and it was just like sweet and you were just, so you were just like put the arsenic in the pudding and put me I in was. my misery I was I was so miserable it was Ugh. horrible god Ugh. hangovers are the worst yep. don't drink guys it's fucking awful <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay god so Around this time, Donald was promoted as morgue supervisor. Fun. With the hospital. And he also joined the National Socialist Party, which is a neo-Nazi group. Yeah. He said he joined to, like, infiltrate Uh, uh, and, like, shut them down from the inside. But who fucking knows what he was up to. So on July 18th, 1985, Donald was leaving the hospital, and for some reason, the security guards thought he was acting kind of weird. So Mm. they confronted him and searched his gym bag. Inside, they found a 38 caliber handgun. 
Okay. Hypodermic needles. Uh huh. Gloves, scissors, and drug paraphernalia like a cocaine spoon. <laughs> he, it's hay. That's for his tiny tea time. It's hay. Look, There's a logical working, explanation for when that. You work in a hospital. You have a zero downtime. You're constantly on the go, running from here to there. But you gotta like, have your tea breaks. That's right. And I like to have powdered sugar in my tea, yeah. so the residue on the spoon is just like a little powdered sugar, it's powdered sugar. because it's way good in tea. Mm-hmm. It gives you the little kick you need during the day to yeah, like and I get often through like it. To wear, I often like to wear my gloves when I have tea time because sometimes tea is hot. And you got to have the scissors so you can cut open the sugar bag because sometimes they're, like, really hard Hard to cut open. open. Uh, The gun, well, the gun, that's obviously for stirring the tea. Um, If you, like, uh, shoot it just right. Well, what I like to do is, I see, my spoon is what I used for just, like, putting the little sugar into the tea. And then I Uh just take the nozzle of the gun and stir it around Uh, in the tea. uh It gives it a good stir. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. And the needles are so I can inject the perfect amount of milk into my tea. Yes. Well, the cup is real small. so you I have found to, like... that 30 cc's of milk <laughs> is like the perfect it's, amount yeah, in a really cup a of tea. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, this nothing wrong here. This is my tea kit. <laughs> they also found several medical books, books on the occult, and a book on a serial killer named Charles so- Sobraj. Well, you got to have reading material when you're drinking your tea. Obviously. I see nothing wrong uh, with this It's probably like kit. book club. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. You don't I, do I tea time book club. This is totally normal and every bit of it is excusable. So I don't see what their problem is. Well, he said that the gun had been planted probably by Carl. Oh, well, that's true. Carl has been out to get him for the past two years. That's right. <laughs> so the hospital agreed to let Donald quietly resign mm-hmm. and pay a $50 fine. Wow. That's just, it. So 50 bucks for every mistake you make. Okay. That's right. Just pay $50 and you're fine. Not like, why the hell do you have a gun at the hospital and all of this like sketchy stuff? I don't know. I mean, also like if people were judging me based on my library book yeah. list. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It wouldn't look so good. It would not look so good. Mm -mm. Books on the occult, I'm into it. Serial Mm -hmm. killer books, super into it. Mm -hmm. Medical books, eh, not so much. But Mm -hmm. psychological books, I'm down. Yeah, different kind of medicine. Uh, Cocaine spoons, nah. I mean, they're kind of cute and collectible, I bet. They are cute. (laughs) They are very cute. You can make, like, jewelry out of them. But really suspect. (laughs) Really suspect. (laughs) Especially when you have it with your crack pipe. That's like, yeah. Like one ear is like your cocaine spoon and the other is your crack pipe. Cute. Yeah. Nice. Very nice. I love it. Okay. So (laughs) seven months later in February 1986, Donald found a job at another hospital in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. He was a nurse's aide again. Mm -hmm. There he murdered a man named Nathaniel Watson. Uh Uh-oh. He tried to kill him several times but was interrupted until eventually he smothered him with a wet plastic garbage can liner. Boo. And Watson was found dead by a nurse less than an hour later. I know, I feel like that's so fucking... He was interrupted multiple times. So people like walking in on him with a trash bag up to this guy's face and then they're like, totally normal, just check in, totally normal. And then the guy ends up dead and they're like, huh, must have been natural causes. Well, now I'm kind of... 
I'm kind of picturing it like a cartoon where he like has the bag and he's like creeping up on him, and then a nurse comes in and like hides it. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. oh hey, I was just, just gonna checking uh, his pulse. Reinsert that IV. Yep. Give him some more medicine, and they walk away like and slowly creeps away. up, but <laughs> oh, they hides it. <laughs> No, this is serious and awful and tragic and sad. Okay. Yeah, how dare you make me laugh? I know. So four days later, he killed. So this is what I'm talking about. Like, there are, like, days in between. There's no way he went 10 years with only killing 15 people. It doesn't seem likely. So four days later, he killed Leon Nelson in the same way. Mm-hmm. He poisoned two other patients and then received an employee evaluation. The evaluation rated him good in six categories and acceptable in the other four. Wow. Okay. So How? he's doing great just... work. He's doing great work. So on the people that he's not murdering, he's doing decent work. Like, you wonder, are people noticing or, you know, I don't know. Apparently not. Well, at the I think at the first hospital, one of the hospitals he worked at when the guy interviewed him and... He was like, yeah, it was, like, really easy for me because I had the same shift every time. If they had, like, moved around my shift schedule, it would have been harder for me to, like, cover it up because obviously, like, every time I have a different shift, all the people are dying. But I was, like, not supervised. I got the same shift all the time. It was, like, yeah. easy. Like, they basically made it so that I could just, like, murder oh, a million people. Oh, God. Okay. So over the next 10 months, <laughs> 10 months. Donald killed at least 21 patients. That's over two a month. Fuck. And probably more. Probably more. He started to use arsenic and cyanide the most, although he still did use other methods of murder. At this time, his relationship with Carl ended for good, and he tried to kill himself again. Come on. Succeed just once. That's all you need, just the one success. Well, obviously, he's not going to succeed. So he drove off a mountain road. Holy shit. Survived and went back to work. Could you imagine? You're like, I mean, that would just give you, um, I don't know, that would almost put you in like a manic state where you, you're like, I'm invincible. Yeah. I tried to kill myself so many times. Yeah. I fucking drove my car off a cliff. Yeah. And I like not only that, not only that, but like I've confessed to murder. Yeah. I have no one robbed. Me. I have like burnt down a building. Like I've done all this stuff and I just pay like a fine. So like, obviously God is looking out. Yeah. People were on my trail and I just got fired and uh, and fined and they let me go. I brought a gun to a hospital so then and they let me you, go. It allows you to think that you're on the right track because yes. you're like, obviously. Yes. No one's yeah. punishing me, so it must be fine. No one cares. And exactly. I'm doing what I think is right. But that's all about to change. Oh, good. So, finally, a 44-year-old man named John Powell had gotten into a motorcycle accident and was comatose for several months. Ooh. Doctors didn't have much hope for his recovery, but he yeah. would make, like, small improvements. Uh-huh. Uh, but when he died, they weren't that surprised because they were like, well, you know. Yeah. He made some improvements, but overall, it wasn't likely. Yeah. His body went to the coroner's office where they performed autopsies on all deaths involving motor vehicles to find out exactly what killed the person. Like, that was their policy. Huh. Interesting. But it was just... I mean, I don't know if you know. They But they just did that for, like accident for automobile accidents yeah they weren't autopsying everyone huh no not everyone hmm. i mean 
I don't know, if you die, like, obviously the people that he'd murdered before. They just thought it was, like, natural causes and stuff. I think so. So they weren't going to spend money, like, doing an autopsy when families were probably like, well, we knew they were going to go. We just didn't know it was going to be so soon or whatever. Uh, I don't know. So Dr. Lee, Lehman or Lehman? Dr. Lee Dr. Lee performed the autopsy. Mm -hmm. And Dr. Lee is a badass. So as soon as he opened the body cavity, he smelled that really particular smell. Of bitter almonds. He said, I don't know what bitter almonds smell like, but I do know what cyanide smells like. Oh, shit. And there was enough that it stank it up. So that's like the crazy thing is like it's a small percentage of the population who can smell cyanide. Right. And what are the chances... Like, maybe that should be a qualification. Like, yeah. if you would be a coroner, you have to smell cyanide or you can't do it because... Yeah, I think that's a good qualification because you, I mean... Because it happens where they, like, catch people because mm-hmm. they're part of that small population that can smell it. Mm-hmm. Crazy. So he obviously had lab work confirm his suspicions. And then once it was confirmed, he called police. Yeah. They looked into family and friends, but they couldn't find a motive. Like, they looked into his wife, but then she didn't get any money or anything, and it seemed like, you know, a healthy relationship, and so there wasn't motive. Everyone, like, loved him. It just wasn't, it just didn't make sense. So the next logical place to look would be the hospital that he was at. Right. So police uh, talked to staff members, and they agreed to take polygraph tests, as did Donald. Okay. After he agreed to take the test, he bought a book on how to beat a polygraph. <laughs> on the day he was scheduled to take his, mm-hmm. he called in sick. Yep. <laughs> he said that he didn't realize, it was like a coincidence, he didn't even realize he was supposed to like do his polygraph he that day. He accidentally ate his own pudding. <laughs> <laughs> that damn mayonnaise. <laughs> Fucking methanol in the vodka bottle. Mm. I just, I really got to label that thing. I really did a doozy on myself. So police called him in for questioning because they're like, okay, everyone else agreed and everyone Everyone else did it. showed up and they... kind of weird. Pretty suspicious. So while he was being interviewed by police, he admitted to poisoning Powell, but he said it was because he didn't want to see him suffer anymore. Oh, that's so sweet. When police searched his apartment, they found jars of cyanide and arsenic, books on poison... And a detailed account of Powell's murder in Donald's diary. Well, he was like, I, I'm on a mission from God to not let anyone suffer. So I'm just going to poison like, people one at a time till there's no suffering left on the world. I just feel like if he, like he really believed he'd never be caught. If he's like mm-hmm. detailing it in a diary. Well, how many years have gone by and nothing mm-hmm. has happened? He's just gotten fines for silly things where it's like, okay. I guess no one cares. I can start journaling. (laughs) Yeah, well, fucking A. Well, yeah, because this is, it's probably like 1986 or 87, and he started in 1970, as far as we know. Yeah. So like 17 years of murdering, and no no one has ever said anything to him about it. Yeah. 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 So, uh, on April 6th, 1987, Donald Harvey was indicted for aggravated murder in the first degree for the murder of Powell. Wow. He pled not guilty by reason of insanity. (laughs) 
Uh, but then he later changed his mind, mm-hmm. which was good because psychologists couldn't prove that he was insane. Yeah. And he was like, never mind, guys, never mind. <laughs> also, at the time, at this time, a news anchor speculated on air on whether or not Donald was responsible for other deaths at the hospital. Mm. Super perceptive news anchor. Mm-hmm. That got a bunch of calls into the station from hospital workers about deaths that they had suspected him of. Whoa. So people were noticing. Whoa. Whoa. His defense attorney asked him if he had killed anyone else, and Donald said yes. The attorney asked He's like, how I've many. I've been telling you guys this for the past <laughs> 17 years and no one's listening. Donald said he couldn't tell him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I can't tell you because I don't know the exact number. I can only give the estimate of around 70. Oh, my God. 70 people in 16, 17 years. And that's an estimate. They worked out a deal. Mm -hmm. Donald would plead guilty to 28 murders and give a full confession and get three consecutive life sentences. Okay. The confession lasted 12 hours. Oh, my God. So after he confessed in Ohio, his attorney got a deal in Kentucky where he pled guilty to nine murders and had to make a full confession. And then part of his plea deal was that he had to be completely honest with them. So after he was sentenced and for like a long time after he would like call them up and be like, Hey, I just remembered another murder. (laughs) So who knows how many people Donald Harvey murdered. Well, yeah, because somewhere upwards of 70. It became such commonplace to him. Like he's not, he's probably not like logging each one into his memory. Cause just like, in his diary. In, in his diary, because it's like he shows up to work and he's like, oh, this patient was brought in with this. Time to kill them. Uh-huh. And like, then I got to go have my tiny tea time and then, oh, look, another patient. I'll kill them. And you don't really like well, keep track of... It's just like interesting too where, I don't know, I just feel like if you're bringing a cocaine spoon to work, like how much coke are you doing? Well... And you probably have access to it at the hospital, right? If you're yeah. like, I'm sure they have amounts of cocaine at the hospital. Sure. Because that has some, like, medical Yeah, well, yeah, it was used benefits. a long time for, for medicine and stuff. Even though, like, what a crazy <sighs> thing that is. <laughs> anyway, that's the story of Donald Harvey, the angel of death, who also killed outside of the hospital, too. What an angel. He had quite a repertoire. Yeah. Oh, and then when the profiler was interviewing him, at first he was like, oh, I was just doing it to put people out of their misery. And he mm-hmm. was like, okay, but what about the reactionary, like someone did something to you and then you plotted their murder and right. then murdered them. Like, yeah. I don't think so, dude. Yeah, what about your healthy neighbors and your healthy uh, yeah. in-laws or whatever? Yeah, yeah. So he like, it's, it's fucking crazy. The tossed salad and the scrambled egg. A tossed salad, a scrambled egg. The tossed salad. A tossed salad and the scrambled egg. A scrambled egg. So a tossed salad is someone who clearly knows right from wrong and chooses to do wrong anyway. Right, so the tossed salad has more components. The person is able to com- compartmentalize. And a scrambled egg is someone who can't tell right from wrong 
and they're just completely scrambled. Just one component, one track mind, they're all kinds of mixed up, there's no focus, they're disorganized. So definitely a toss salad. For sure. A to- he couldn't even convince himself that it was insanity. <laughs> yeah. I think he, he was just trying to get he was trying to get out of it. Like he got out of everything. He was like, well, I'll just pay the $50. Yeah. We, oh, I'll just take that fine again. Can we just do that? How about that? <laughs> Can we do the fine thing? That was cool. <laughs> that I like cool? that. Yeah, that's great. I've already got my check written out. I'm ready to go. But there's no way he would have stopped. Like there no. was nothing that was ever going to stop him. No, because he was let get people let him get away with it for so long. Yeah, he was super emboldened. He thought he could never get caught, never. Yep. Toss salad, a hundred percent. salad. Icky, icky. Icky, icky toss salad. I just am praying to the non-existent gods out there that hospitals now make you actually, you know, be qualified to work. I would hope there are better standards. I would assume there are better standards than there were in knows? the 70s. I mean, if you have private hospitals, you could just do whatever you want. I'm I just, would just... I, I mean, I'm just thinking of, like, private schools and how you can, like, literally <laughs> just do whatever you want. So, like... Yeah, you can. In my mind, a hospital is the same. I feel like there'd be more regulations, though, at a hospital. So. Yeah. I hope so. I mean, I don't know. I don't work in a hospital, so I can't tell you, but... Me either, but I hope everyone's qualified, because... <laughs> shit. I know. I'm like... Ter- I would be, like, terrified to even go to a hospital. Yeah, I, already. I, I already yeah, am, yeah. I already don't like going to hospitals. But now, it's like... Now... That's, like, the terrifying thing is, like... Yeah, like, like I said before, you're, like, for... in your most vulnerable state. Yeah. You can't control what's happening. Like... You can't control what's happening to your body sometimes, oh, and then if you, like, piss Especially off the if wrong... You're, like, in a coma... Orderly or whatever. No, now every time I go to the hospital, I'm going to ask to see people's credentials. (laughs) What? You want to draw my blood? You're going to be their favorite patient. Your phlebotomy (laughs) credentials. They're going to like write in your your notes, like difficult patient. Do not work with this person. Bring your credentials if you want to work on this patient because he will insist... Just avoid him. Like Give him a lollipop my, and tell him he's fine. I'm like on my deathbed. I'm like, credentials, everyone, credentials. That's when you really need to ask. Yeah, especially with the catheters. That's when, okay, mm-hmm. that's when you have to have a million children who just take shifts watching you and being like, do not let them do anything while I'm unsupervised. Like, you and need you to hope supervise that you, me. You hope that you raised them right and that you didn't fuck them up. <laughs> yeah, they they're the, the ones. ones. They're the yeah. ones giving you the pudding. What do you, you do? Careful. You can't Uh-oh. trust anyone. You can't trust anyone. <laughs> you just got to lock yourself in your house, eat your oh, own pudding, God. and never leave. Definitely eat your own pudding. You don't know what they're putting in pudding. <laughs> pudding and pudding. Yeah. Well, fuck. That's yeah. horrible. Yeah. Ooh. Well, now I'm terrified of everything. Again. Great. Well, so I covered a lot of murder today. Yeah. Great. That's... It's a good amount of murder. To be continued. We're going to continue this episode next week because we ran pretty long. So rate, review, subscribe. We will see you next week. We won't see you, but we will speak at you and conclude this episode with my part. So we'll do a part two next week. Thank you so much for checking us out and check out our sponsor, Humblebee Herbal. See you next week. Goodbye.